Welcome back. We are going to have a guest on today. It is someone from the Fortis Agency. This is a company that is based on really two missions. One, bringing high quality financial products and strategies to their clients. And second, empowering those financial advisors and brokers that they have to do the same throughout the country. So their goal is do good with good people. And they do things from customized qualified plan designing, life insurance, and wealth management and etc. So the guest we'll be having on today is someone that started with this company when they first were founded in back in last year. And we are going to talk to him about what he is currently doing, how he got into this and ask him a few questions. His name is Joe and I hope you guys enjoy. New week, a new podcast, and we're back to bringing on guests, which is my favorite part of this show. So we have my longtime friend and uh, someone that's in the financial industry, Joe Vanacore, or Joseph Vanacore, or Joey V. Or there's probably a thousand nicknames we could probably call him, but he's you a good call friend me of mine. Joe v. Joe v for short. <laughs> but uh, thanks for coming on, Joe. I'm excited to to talk to you and let you kind of communicate what your experience was within the financial world and how you even got to where you are now. Because I know I know we've been friends for a while, but thanks for mm-hmm. jumping on. Well, uh, first and foremost, Frank, obviously, thanks for inviting me on the show. Um, I remember when you were starting this podcast up and I was like, you know, go for it. Obviously, you know, you were always, you're always the type of kid who, who, who loved the financial area. And uh, me and you both grew up together. We came, we, we came from Park Ridge, went to college at Rampo College, um, graduated with a finance degree. And through some relationships at college and my fraternity, I was able to link up with another financial advisor. Uh, and at the time he was working at a mass mutual firm. So I linked up with him. His name was Mike and went through a full interview process with them. Loved the team that I joined. He was being, him being a fraternity brother and a Rampo alum, his partner was also a Rampo alum. And, and there was a lot of young, younger advisors on the team. And they basically showed me the ropes. And that was like three years ago. Nice. So I've been in the business a little over three years now. I'm uh, fully licensed in insurance as well as investments. And, um, you know, I've just been building my practice ever since. I uh, left Mass Mutual uh, about a year ago. Actually, a year ago today, to be honest. Wow. Today is our one-year anniversary of the Fortis Agency. So I work with the Fortis Agency, the same guys that – the same team I worked with at, at, Fortis, at Mass Mutual moved over. We moved over to the Fortis Agency pretty much, um, to make a long story short. Oh, that's awesome. So you obviously got into the financial world. You know, you're now – well-versed in this space, but before all this, like who is, how, who is Joe as the, like, how did you develop your financial acumen when you were younger as like, for me, it was mm-hmm. all my dad uh, and Google. Um, but <laughs> so how, how did that go? I mean, that's a great question. So, I mean, I always looked up my, my father's a business owner, always looked up to him. And, uh, even at a young age, he had me working and he, he always instilled on me, you know, save every penny, whatever you do, just save, save, save. And that's what I did. Uh, throughout college, I was a bartender and a waiter. And um, I was able to save a hefty amount of money from tips. And right around when I was 17 or 18, my father made me meet his actually his own advisor at the time. Nice. Who actually was a guardian agent. He, he, he sold life insurance. He's an advisor. He, he met with me when I was like 17 or 18. He told me like the powers of, of basically life insurance. Yeah. And I had, I liked everything he had to say. And I ended up getting my first permanent whole life insurance policy that, that builds cash value 
around that age and I've had it ever since. So I'm basically working on eight years now with it growing, growing cash value. When I was in college, I was, I was obviously a finance major and I was taking uh, financial planning electives. Yeah. And I'm, I learned through, through those courses that insurance is a large part. Risk management itself is a large part of people's financial world. And it is an important part as well. And I learned that even more so as I went through my trainings and getting to where I am today. Yeah. I tell my clients today or prospects in front of me, I tell them, listen, um, you got to have that save first, pay yourself first mentality. We want, we want them to be able to put away 15 to 20% of their paycheck to go towards some sort of goals they have. Uh, and that, that goes along with like the process that we take them through. Yeah. Um, at the Fortis agency. So yeah, feel free to dive in a little bit. There's so, like explain like what you do now, like the company you're with now and like what that philosophy looks like, like overall. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I mean, the Fortis agency was founded in July, 2019. So a year to the day today. Um, nice, and I've been with the, the team of guys for the last three years, ever since I started in the profession and they had a very unique approach to financial planning. I like mm-hmm. to say we do a full scope. Uh, and Frank, if I had asked you, you know, like we look at it as like building a home. Yeah. And if I had to ask you, what's the most important piece of building a home? Hmm. I would say the foundation. Absolutely. You hit the nail right on the head. It's the foundation. So we want to make sure the foundational aspects of your financial home are in place, which would include something like your emergency fund, Mm -hmm. uh, any kind of health insurance, uh, life insurance, disability or income protection. And we want to review your, your car insurances as well, just because those are your protection areas. Those are those what ifs. Because if you don't have those foundational elements in place and something were to happen to you, you're going to end up pulling from those sexy accounts that we like to say, those investment accounts to pay for things or when, when you can protect it with, with certain things. What do you see the most uh, people don't have when it comes to that foundation? When you are having those initial meetings, like most people probably have savings, but maybe not six months of savings. Like most people probably have yeah. some type of disability with their maybe with their employer, like what are the things that people typically in that, those buckets you mentioned, like are missing that you've seen? I mean, most of the time, I mean, if they have a job, cause I'm, we're meeting with people our age ranks or I'm meeting with people our age. Um, they, they have the health insurance through the job. They have car insurance and homeowners insurance. If they have a home car insurance, they have to, cause that's New Jersey, but sometimes they lack the life insurance. You'd be surprised how many homeowners I sit in front of and they just don't have some sort of small life insurance in place because God forbid anything were to happen. And, and what happens to the mortgage? The mortgage still has to get paid if you're not there. Mm. So how are you going to pay for it? So that's one thing. Even, even you said it before, like they might have disability insurance through their employer. But the interesting thing about disability insurance through your employer, most of the time it only covers up to 60% of your income. So if I had asked you, Frank, if you get sick or injured long-term, are you, would you be able to survive on 60% of your income? And that's taxable. So it's more like half your income. No. After taxes. So we look to cover it on the individual side. We want to get you up to that hundred percent. We want to be able to cover you all the way. Mm-hmm. And that's another area that people don't realize. I actually, Interesting. Uh, I had a client who, who graduated from Ramapo with me. She, she ended up, she was a nurse and within her first year of work, she got into an accident and was disabled for over a year. 
And now I'm sure you know what like a nursing school is like going through hard exams, clinicals, stuff like that. She worked so hard to get what she was able to earn as an income and to have that taken away for her for a year and a half. And she didn't even have disability at that time. So getting it at a younger age is important. You just don't know what those what ifs are. And the other thing that's important, and I hate saying disability insurance, I like saying income insurance. It's really income. You're protecting your income. Um, the interesting thing about it is actually one in four people in their 20s will experience a disability. Mm-hmm. These are hard facts, one in four people. And 75% of disabilities are actually an illness, such as you know cancer, ALS, or MLS, you know, stuff like that. You're out, you're out for an extended period of time for, for those reasons. Yeah. I mean, the interesting thing about what you say is like, people don't think about that, right? Like people focus on the investment to make like stocks, make money and like go, go bigger, but people forget to protect themselves, which is like the Warren Buffett rules. Like number one, don't lose money. Rule number two, like don't lose money. And like talk about (laughs) losing money. People think about losing money when you lose in the stock market, your stock goes down, but you can lose money by like not having income anymore. Like God forbid something happens to you like health wise and you're now no longer here. Like it's, it's something that people forget. So I agree with you. Like I personally, as a young adult, I'm like life insurance. Like I, I don't need to leave anything behind. Like it's just me, but one day that's going to be different. And the one day parts, like, like you said, you're building the foundation so that house can be stable, which I like, mm-hmm. and which is what I was actually interested about. What, what would you explain? Like, how would you explain perm whole life to people? Like I'm a little bit, uh, knowledgeable because you've helped me understand it, but what does that mean? And what is cash value? And like, what is the value of all those three? What is the definition of that? And why would people do it? So there's really like two types of life insurances out there. there. There's term insurance and then there's permanent insurance, which you'll have your whole life. So, I mean, term insurance really is that cheap insurance with a large death benefit number. And that's like your pure insurance, right? That's like, just like a car insurance, it's pure insurance. If Basically, the definition of the contract says you die, you get this amount of money within, within the set term, whether it's 10 years, 20 years, 15 years, 30 years, et cetera. But permanent insurance, you have that contract your whole life. And it builds, there's a death benefit, obviously, and that grows. And then there's living benefits as well, which is your cash value. And mute, there's mutual companies like a Mass Mutual or a Penn Mutual or Guardian or New York Life, they'll, they'll pay dividends on a yearly basis, not guaranteed, but they pay dividends and your cash value grows. So they're paying out their policyholders first. Whoever holds a policy gets a dividend at the end of the year. Um, and yeah. your cash value will end up growing and you could access that money at any time, mm. tax-free too. So you can access the money. Some people use it as a retirement vehicle. So when they get to the age of 65, Let's say, Frank, there's a down market. We hit a two, you turn 65 years old, you're retiring, and you hit 2008. You retired in 2008. Your retirement, your 401k took a hit. Yeah. So if you had a life insurance policy with cash value, instead of pulling out of your 401k, you could pull out a cash value, which will still grow because it's not correlated to the market. You could pull out of your cash value and leave your money in your 401k for it to get that rebound. Because we all know in late 09 and 2010, the market went right back up. Mm-hmm. We pretty much had a bull market ever since, like probably except for this year, we're, we're pretty flat this year. So um, 
that, no, that that's one strategy with, with the permanent insurance uh, when it comes to retirement. No, that makes sense. I mean, as people go out and speak to financial advisors and people that do this, like what are things you would recommend them, not even just recommend, like say, hey, like this is what I look for when I'm looking at a policy for someone else or for my friend, if you're looking out for Frank, like what would you say are some things to watch out for is bad? Like, hey, not bad, but like, hey, the, the, the pitfalls of getting in the wrong deal or in the wrong insurance. And like, what are the, the things you're like, hey, that's how you know you're setting yourself up, correct? Um, a great question. I mean, Frank, there are a lot of, I, I don't like to say it, but there's, there's a lot of advisors out there and some of them just aren't good. I was very fortunate to be brought on a team that, that was able to look at the insurances and the investments. We look at it holistically all over. So whenever I sit in front of somebody, our process, I said it before, we're looking at those protection areas first. We're making sure you got things covered and, and in the right place. And if you don't have them, we're putting them in place because we don't want to do everything. And for lack of a better word, ass backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the walls of your house, the sexy stuff, those are the investments. If you only have those in place and you have nothing on the foundation, we're going to make sure we're putting those foundational elements. However, if I sit in front of somebody and I review all of insurance policies and and making sure he has an emergency fund, everything's a-okay, we're going to talk about that sexy stuff. We're going to talk about those investments. We're going to talk about the rates of return and the properties you want to invest in and and et cetera, basically. Yeah, I get it. And I I think you were going like as far as like the the advisors that maybe will be like, how would someone know that something's not being done correctly if you were in their shoes? Like, I wouldn't so, know. Yeah. I mean, I guess the easier way to answer that, Frank, um, if you're looking for an advisor, the easiest way to look for one, you got to make sure they have both insurance and investment licenses. Mm-hmm. They, that way, you know, they can do it all when it comes to your financial world. And w- when it pertains to the investment licenses, I'd want to make sure that they have their Series 7 and their Series 66. How do you find those for like a, like would I ask that person or? I mean, it could be embarrassing to ask sometimes, but they would have to answer it. But there's actually a website that you could go on called brokercheck.org. Okay. And you could literally search the advisor's name. It will come up if they have any um, activities that, that were, you know, flagged yep. and you could see what they were flagged for. You'll see all the exams they passed. You'll see where they, they're currently employed. It's all disclosed. It's all free. Brokercheck.org. Um, that's great. And that's if they're investment licenses. The the insurance licenses, you you would just have to know. I mean, you would just have to ask pretty much. Okay. There's no like database you could look it up. But I would definitely, if you're looking for an advisor, make sure they have both because you want to make sure they're able to do both for you. Yeah. Because uh, they're going to look over everything for you. And that that's how at least our team is at, at the Ford's agency. I'm curious as like, You've met with a lot of people. Your job is literally actually to meet with people and the end of the day and build build those relationships. What is something that you've found? Like, let's say, if, theoretically, someone's in a coffee shop, a young kid like stumbled upon you, and saw is like, hey, I seen you in this office. Like, you're a financial advisor, right? Like, I'm new. Like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, what would you tell them as far as like where to start? What what even foundational advice? Like, hey, like, are you saving? I would be telling them, hey man, listen, we have a unique process. We we take everyone through a structured process, and really the first one is our introduction. We want to get to know who you are based on, we want to know what your goals are going to be in your life, where you want to see yourself in one to five years, five to 10 and 15 plus. And then we want to look at your savings habits. Where are you saving today? Because 
the funny thing is when you break down where they're saving most of the time, they're not saving towards what their goals are. Mm-hmm. And we want to real it, it, it's a, it's a stupid analogy, but it always works. Frank, I'm the type of guy that likes to put their wallet in their back left pocket. If I take my wallet out and put it in my back, right, I still have everything, but it's just in a different area. It might feel weird at first, but you get used to it. And that's what we're going to do. We're, we're going to look at where you're saving and we're just going to move it around just a little bit. You're going to still save the same amount of money, but you're going to just get it moved around and it's going to feel like your wallet went from one place to the other, but you still have everything in it. I like that. And that's something that I've noticed is huge. Like sometimes it's honestly just about like, Hey, sit back. What's your goal? What's your plan? And what are the habits you need to get there? And what are mm-hmm. some things as far as habits that you know, will will yield successful results that you're like, Hey, if you're not doing the, these simple things, you might be missing out on a financially free life, which is, I think mm-hmm. the goal for anyone listening I mean, to any podcast like this. Our goal, whenever we send it 15 to 20% of your total income for the year, you want to be saving sort of some sort of goals. Yeah. So that, that's the habit people have to get into. And, and most millennials I sit down with, uh, it's kind of split in half. Some of them I see save like 30%, 40%. And I'm like, wow, you just keep doing what you're doing. Um, but some, sometimes I sit with people and they, they barely save like 10% of their income. And and that's something I'm like curious of. Do people come back to me like, hey, like I make 50 grand. Like I can't save 20%. Like I need to live off the money I'm making. Um, mm-hmm. What are your advice? To, or not advice. Like what would you say to those type of people? I mean, other than like, hey, you need to maybe make more money or where, where is the money going is another question. But mm-hmm. what are your thoughts? So then we look, that's, a, I mean, that could be a cash flow issue. We, we, we look at where, where the money's going and um, we want to get them to at least in 15% range. So we'll review what their car insurance policy is. We'll see if we could get that, that uh, monthly premium down somehow. We'll look at their homeowners. We'll, we'll shop that out as well. We'll, we'll look at any um, kind of savings habits. I, here's another big thing with millennials too, with, with their 401ks. They're like, oh, I got to put into my 401k. That's, that's all my parents ever told me to do. Um, and I'll see, I have seen people put 10% into their 401k. I think 12% might've been the highest when the company's only matching three or two. I like to say, listen, only Matt, only put into your 401k up to your match. That's free money because the rest of that you could put into an IRA and have a wider spread of investment selection. Great point. You're limited to the, the investments you could select in a 401k, but if you were to go into an IRA, you you could invest in whatever you'd like. There's a more widespread and um, any advisor would probably tell you that. And you have more control as well. Yes. Um, But those are simple things we look at. Listen, reduce your, reduce your savings in the long term. You, you know, most millennials, their biggest goal is to move out of their house, move out, buy a house or buy a condo. Yep. And, and they sunk their savings by putting 10% into their 401k mm. and they put all their savings into the long term when they could be shifting that into a short term brokerage account that you and I both have. That's a great point, actually, because and, um, you get no mobility. Otherwise, if you if you, yeah. you're cutting your legs out from underneath you, you have no no way to make leverage or make sharp turns because you, you can't touch that money until you're 59 and a half. And there's a big thing about like, hey, like the, it's nice to save for the long term. But I totally agree. Like the advantage comes at the 
there's a reason people say cash is king and like liquidity allows you to make a move when you see the move and seize the opportunity. But if it's stuck in a 401k, you literally just said, yeah, I'm going to be at a rate of return that will be nice. But you locked yourself in at a pretty mediocre, not mediocre future, but like a mediocre return. And, mm -hmm. you know, one of our mentalities is we want to make sure we have LLC in place with everybody. Liquidity, leverage and control and a 401k. You can't control it because you're limited to the investments. You can't really leverage it. And uh, it's not liquid because because yeah. you, you can't touch it till you're 59 and a half. I love with, that. With, with the permanent life insurance that we were talking about before, you have all three in place. You're able, awesome. you, you control it. You, you can liquidate it. And um, you can leverage it. A lot of people leverage it to buy a home. They'll, they'll take out of their cash value and buy a home or or even some advanced people on a down bear market, they'll take all their money out of their cash value, throw it in the bear market. And then when it, when it shoots up, they take the returns, throw it back in the cash value life insurance. And, and now they, they create two buckets for themselves. And when you say that, that's something maybe some people don't know. Like when you get your life insurance to eat, to be eligible to get it, it's like, what are the, the steps you need to take other than meeting mm -hmm. with the advisor? No, it's a good, great question. Cause you know, Step one is always meeting with the advisor, but step two is, is implementation. You know, we go through an implementation phase. We write a recommendation letter of what, what, uh, what we recommend this certain person. And if it includes the insurances, we, it, it involves an application and some companies require a uh, medical exam where they'll, uh, it's basically like a free, free physical, a nurse comes out, they take your blood and urine, height and weight. Uh, maybe some more things depending on your age or, or uh, financials. You get that done, they send it to the life insurance, they review it, they look at your driving record, they look at something called your medical information uh, report from the MIB. And based on that, they, they either approve you or deny you. Um, and like I said, being when I first got it at 17 years old, uh, or 18, I was 18, um, I was healthy as I got approved in like a week. Yeah. Some companies like one company we work with, sometimes they don't require a medical exam up to $5 million of coverage. And they, they, we've gotten approvals in like two hours. Mm. They just look, it's called alg algorithmically. They look and that's, it. and that's something that you can still do with COVID because of clients like that or businesses that don't require mm -hmm. nurses to come out. So this, a lot yeah. of things in the industry has changed as far as that with COVID. Um, some, higher carriers like the high-end carriers they they don't require those medicals anymore um just as, as covid's going through i'm sure they'll go they'll turn back to it mm -hmm. but um there's also sometimes restrictions when that happens like i know one company they'll only offer a standard rating they don't offer you a higher rating because of it yeah um, makes sense right because they can't do the actual due diligence i'm curious on your end like where do you see the industry going um, down the line, like what changes do you see happening or like as someone that's in it, you know, like, <laughs> um, that's a great question. I mean, one, one of the big reasons why I moved to the forest agency was the independence. Uh, we're completely independent on both the insurance and the investment end insurance. Um, I'm, I'm appointed with tons of different carriers and I, I make sure I put the right product in front of you based on what your health is mm -hmm. and, and what your budget is too. Um, I could get you the cheapest things or I could get you, you know, the most customized and Cadillac looking policies. And then on the investment end, I don't want to go too much into it, but we, we partnered with a registered investment advisor up in Westwood 
he has a unique investment philosophy and 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 we we charge an advisory fee for that investment the, the investment advice yeah and as far as your meetings or your like services can this be done over the phone like i know you've been doing a lot of zoom like so like pretty much what i'm saying is like if someone's interested in inquiring more on like asking you questions personally saying hey where's joe v or joey v or how could i get in touch with this gentleman like how do they find you and where should you know where should they be looking uh i mean the easiest way to find me is uh, you can find me on the fortis agency website you can follow me on instagram uh the the handle is the nurse underscore advisor because my, my market is actually advising nurses mostly, but I, I could advise anybody. But I, I market to, to the nursing professionals out there. And I have a LinkedIn, Joseph Vanacore III. Uh, you can find me anywhere. And my, my mobile number is posted everywhere. So you can even, if you find it, feel free to call me. Um, I'll put, beauty, if you don't mind, I'll put that in there. I'll put some of the things you're mentioning in the, the description so people don't have to like scramble to write it down. They'll, they'll just click the link. I'd like uh, do an egg, do like a Easter egg hunt. They have to find my mobile number. Fair, but, fair. Uh, I'll do the rest other that. than that. Yeah, I'll put the yeah. email. <laughs> the number is not that hard to find, but let them find <laughs> it if they're really interested. I'm able to video call anyone um, as long as it fits within my calendar. Uh, we'll set a time and then and we'll take you through just the process, just uh, an introduction, show you who we are, what we do, learn a little bit more about the person on the other side of the table, and then see where the conversation goes from there. It's a consultative approach. Like you actually mm -hmm. learn, they give you the value on the front end that you get to learn stuff and like see the questions that a financial advisor is asking. So you're like, they put you in the right mindset. So if just the conversation alone is beneficial past that, obviously there's a lot more value to come, but um, I definitely yeah. encourage anyone to reach out to Joe. If there's any, any questions that you're like, Hey, I, would, I, I think I want that answered. Mm -hmm. I appreciate you, Joe, for coming on. And, uh, I hope you had a yeah, good time. If you guys do email me, just mention that you heard us from the podcast. You heard me from the podcast. It'll make it extremely easier just so I know where, where I'm getting the email from and how you heard me and how you, how you got in touch with me. I'm, someone might be listening to this like two years from now. It might be 2022. I can't wait for you to get emails for the rest of your life. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I appreciate it. Thanks for jumping on, Joe. And uh, to everyone else, have a good one. Hope you guys enjoyed. Hope you guys enjoyed that conversation with Joe. Feel free to reach out to either him or me just based on what you heard, if you have any follow-up questions or you want to give us some feedback. But overall, the discussion in today's podcast, my personal opinion, I may have interest in the stocks I talk about, therefore I do not endorse anyone to buy or sell based on what they hear. Now today we didn't talk specifically about stocks, but this podcast in general is for information purposes only and not for the purpose of providing specific financial advice. You may want to seek out a financial professional like Joe to obtain financial advice. Thanks, guys. Have a great one.